you know, I, I noticed that there's a lot of things that we work hard at to try to learn that maybe you would go to a class so you can learn this task or that or maybe buy some software. I noticed that there's no software out there to tell you how to make your family better. You notice that? Nobody goes to class for their family. We're just sort of supposed to know, you know, how to do it. Well, uh, I needed help. Um, so we're going to talk together about families, about this idea of building stronger relationships. Today we're talking about family, we're going to talk about marriage, about friendships, about our relationship with God, uh, all these, uh, being able to talk about it. You know, the, uh, the encouragement that we have is that the Bible encourages us to be a part of a stronger family, how to build a stronger family. Um, so I want to give you this verse. This is uh, Nehemiah. Chapter 4, verse 14. I read this verse before, but it really just knocked me over. So I hope it might knock you over. Nehemiah 4, 14. The setting is that uh, the families of Jerusalem are under attack, and it's uh, a, a time of struggling, and Nehemiah has a word of encouragement to them. So he says, After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them, talking about the enemies that were coming. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. I, re I really like that. I, I like this idea of working at it, fighting uh, for them. Um, you know, we recognize that there are a lot of forces fighting against families today. You agree with that? I mean, it's all around us. You, we have economic forces, spiritual forces, moral forces, cultural and uh, social uh, things that, that are really trying to destroy the idea of family and very specifically your family. And so, you know, today, I just, want, I just want you to feel like you're in a, like, we're just going to have family class, all right? That'd be okay? Uh, let's have, I'm not just trying to inspire. I, I'm really wanting to give you some practical ideas and for you to walk away from this thinking about what could I do? Maybe you would say in your heart, because God is great and mighty. That's what he said right there. Because God is great and mighty, I can change my family. Do you believe that's possible? See, if, if you are thinking that so-and-so next to you, you know, they're gonna, they're, I, they need to get it together, you know. If, if that's your plan, um, it's not going to work out very well. What if you decided that God could help you help your family to be better? That would that'd be a good starting point, wouldn't it, where we allow the Spirit of God to speak to us about that, that if he wants to, to work in us to make a difference in our family, that God will help us to learn how to build a stronger family. Now, um, I got some ideas I want to share with you, but I got some friends I want you to meet. You guys come on. Uh, this is uh, Troy and Julie Relliford. Uh, they're going to come up. All the kids are coming. They were so accommodating to come up and stand here with me. I told them you, you guys didn't have to talk. Um, so uh, this is Troy and Julie Relliford, uh, this, and we have um, Hudson and Kinsley and Kylan and Colson, right? All right, so I think I got all those right. Uh, what I asked these guys to do, how about we just step up a little bit? Uh, I asked them, well, first of all, uh, how, long, uh, how long have you been married? 
16, how old are you guys? Eight. Eight and 14? 12. 12. 10. 10, thanks, all right. So I asked them, uh, first of all, I know a little bit about them. We've been friends for quite a while. Uh, and then they started coming here during uh, 2017 and uh, real excited about them being here. I thought maybe some of you don't know them. So I, I really want you to know them. This is a great family. And, um, but one of the things I note about them, just from the conversations we had, even previous to the time that you were here, um, is how, how committed they are to being a family and to being the kind of family that God has laid on their heart. They were uh, a Christian family, a solid being together. And so I just asked them to talk about the convictions that they have about raising their family in this idea of things that they, that they want to work on, things that they are committed to working out. So whoever's talking first. Yeah. Um, so two of the key convictions that we want to set down a lot about this is keeping God first in our lives and everything we do. Uh, secondly is making church a priority. Um, so the way that we do that is getting involved in the church, seeking opportunities to grow and serve as a family together, um, ensuring and pursuing sporting events, different schedules that we have to manage. Um, the last thing we want is things pulling us away from church. So uh, those, are, those are kind of our priorities. And by doing those things, uh, we constantly you know, have God helping us along the way. So he's always helping us understand our needs and our wants uh, and answering what we truly need and what we don't need. So um, we constantly pray about everything, uh, big or small, all aspects of life. Uh, we constantly seek his guidance in everything we do. And so we're just so thankful for all the opportunities and grateful for everything he's done in our lives. Awesome. Julie. Well, the Lord woke me up early this morning. I was, um, I don't know how early it was. I was laying there, but I know it was early. And I don't know if you're anything like me, like I am not a morning person. And so I'm trying to get better at that. And I thought about lifting my head and looking around at the alarm clock over chilling and seeing what time it was. But I knew if I did that, like I'm the type who... If I knew it was 3 in the morning, like, it would stick with me all day, and I would mentally think, I'm just tired. I'm worn out. So I didn't even look, and I just laid there, and the Lord started pressing in on me about his goodness. And so I started praying, and um, the Lord laid on my heart. I'm sorry. I'll probably get emotional, but um, he laid on my heart this church family and what it means to me. And as he was um, just giving me a picture of the overall church family, I started praying for you guys, and I started thinking about how, as a family, I started picturing like a piece of cloth and how it can be frayed at the ends. And thinking as a family how sometimes we feel that fray coming apart, like little strands just keep, mm -hmm. we just keep losing parts of it. And you just feel like, as a family, you're falling apart, and you just want to, you want to mend that, and you want to come back together. And so when I was thinking about that, I was thinking, I've so been there. I've been there where I felt that, where the threads were just coming out. And then I started thinking and praying about, um, thinking of all the single moms and the dads who are raising their children and the grandmas and grandpas who are filling in and loving on their children and grandchildren. And I could not relate to that. I hadn't walked that road. But in thinking about that, what they're carrying, what, what they would be carrying. No, I'm praying that um, that has to be hard. And so in thinking about family, I just kept 
listening for the Lord to reveal um, truth. And as I was thinking about that, like, how do we mend that? And I just kept feeling like to mend that, we need to be anchored. We need to know that God is our foundation, and we need to know that we are holding on to him no matter the cost. And so I was thinking about once we have that foundation, we can grow godly character into our children and our grandchildren. And from that, we can, um, when I think about my kids, I think of when they were young, I've always wanted to instill forgiveness. Like, that is huge to me, that if I've offended someone or if they've offended someone, that you seek their heart immediately and ask for forgiveness and tell them you're sorry. And so for, for us, it's been so precious that we don't let time pass, that we're um, not sharing our hearts and coming together. And then I think of compassion, like having dignity and respect for um, one another and compassion, looking past our own needs, but looking at the needs of others and generosity, like not just monetary gifts or material things that we can invest in our children, but also um, being generous with our time, being generous with who we are and loving on others. And so when I think of that, I think that if we can have that solid foundation based and anchored and knowing that we're holding on to Christ, we can start filling in those frayed edges that the Lord is trying to mend in our families over each of us. Fantastic. So I appreciate these guys. Thank you. The Relifords, thanks for talking to us today. Super job. It's great. So many good concepts in what they're describing right there. And so um, what I wanted to do is just... Uh, just give you some traits, some perspective on things that you can do, it, that you can be involved in. I want you to, to think about, um, you know, certainly that spiritual anchor there. But then what do you do? What are you, what are, what are you trying to build in uh, helping your family to get stronger? And, and listen, all of us, there are no perfect families, right? There are none. I mean, the, the devil, the society might, might want you to feel that way, but recognize we're all just trying to figure this out and do the best that we can. So wherever you are, it's not too late. Uh, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to invest in whatever our family situation uh, looks like even now. So, uh, so I have a few props here. The first one is, first trait that I want to talk to you about is um, having fun together. So if you're going to build a strong family, I think you should have fun together. You know the Bible talks about that? Now, I'm not promoting apples to apples. I'm just uh, reminding. I do like apples to apples because, you know, apples to apples makes you think about how somebody else would think about something. So it makes you think about people in your family or whatever. So uh, I, I like that. Um, you know, board games is really a great way to have fun together in your family. You know, a lot of families don't have much fun together. I know that, you know, I'm not like an expert on, but I talk to a lot of families. And by the time I'm talking to families, they're not really interested in having any fun, right? You know, they're trying to solve some problems that they have. But, you know, we are so busy, so tired, uh, negative, worn out, so serious many times. I mean, who wants, to, who wants to come into that kind of environment? You know, you can be just an average family by working all the time, having no play. But if you want to build a strong family, uh, you gotta have you got to have some fun to Together. You got to do some things together. You got to talk about that. Family is not a boot camp, and parents are not drill sergeants. Got an amen over there. So, um, um, 
You know, family is not a business. Parents are not CEOs. Parents uh, are not, this is not a, a lab experiment that we're trying to, you know, if I can just do this, you know. We want to recognize our families are not perfect, but that we can have fun together. Um, you know, most people don't know that the Bible talks about that. Um, you know, Solomon asked that he would be the, one, the wisest man in who had ever lived. And God answered that request. So you hear some verses from him. Um, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 8.15, I commend the enjoyment of life. Uh, I circled that enjoyment on mine. Um, you know, playing together, working together. You know, we our kids have recess. They love recess at school because recess is not a waste of time. Uh, recess is a chance for uh, to play together and to build uh, relationships. You know, God wanted us, he gave us such blessings for our enjoyment. Ecclesiastes 11.8. People ought to enjoy every day of their lives, no matter how long they live. I like that one. You know, it's not just, can I get to the weekend? Could I, oh, when's, it, when's vacation? You know, no. The Bible says, enjoy your life when? Every day. Every day. So you're trying to get a mindset about uh, working together. You know, I, I could tell you lots of stories about our fun and things that we've done in our, in our family. Uh, I don't have time to do all that, but I can tell you again. Ecclesiastes 9.9 says, enjoy life with your wife whom you have. So not only with my kids, but with my wife uh, as well. You know, Dad, if you're here today, the greatest gift you can give to your children is to love their mother. Amen? Love their mother. To have fun together. To enjoy. You know, we get, we get so where we're just kind of passing in the night sometimes as, as couples. But we need to model relationships where we, you know, if you don't, you know, we, sometimes I'd say, well, you need to go on a date night. You need to plan some time together. Well, we just don't have time to do that. We just, hey, listen, it's not a matter of what you make. you got to do it. You got to make time. You got to demonstrate to those little people in your house and to your grandchildren what does marriage look like? Because the world is not telling them the truth. We are the only, we are the models that they have. So, um, Psalm one twenty seven three says, "Children are a gift from God." Uh, so recognizing these, you know, I know sometimes you want to exchange your gift, but you can't do that. You know. You, you know <laughs> You just got to work with it. See, it's a work in progress here uh, that we're talking about. So uh, having fun together is one way that we build stronger marriages. So maybe that's not as spiritual as you want it to be, but that's a beginning place for us. Now, building a stronger uh, family uh, involves uh, learning and growth. So I got this little water container. It doesn't have anything in it right now, but you know what this is. This is to water your plants so that they, you don't kill them and they dry up. You use this to encourage growth and learning. And that's uh, an important part of building uh, a great family relationship, building a stronger uh, relationship, trying to help uh, all of these, every kid in the family, every person in the family to be able to grow. Uh, Relifords, you know, do you notice we got all kind of little stair steps going on right there, right? Uh, you know, every one of the, your kids has different things that they need to be learning, right? They're, they're all in, they're in class. They might not want to be in class sometime, but you know, if you're not growing, your family can get stagnant. It can be just boring. Uh, here's what the Bible says. It says this about Jesus. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature 
and in favor with God and with man. Uh, notice the different kinds of growth there. There's growth uh, in wisdom. That's like intellectual growth, mental growth. Uh, there's growth in stature. That's physical health. Uh, you grow in favor with God. That's spiritual growth. And you grow in favor with others, with man, it says. That's a more like social growth. So every person in your family needs to be growing in all four of those areas. And not just the kids. But I need to grow. Mom needs to grow. Uh, everybody in the family growing physically, mentally, spiritually, and socially. So you can think about your family. Where are you going to be a year from now? Are you just going to just be so busy that you didn't take time to do any of the things that you need to do to help the kids to be, uh, to be growing? So if you're talking about growing and learning, I ask myself the question, well, what, what do we learn in our family? Uh, I mean, I'll tell you this. Most of your problems as an adult will come from what you did not learn and put into practice as a child. You agree with that? I told you this is family class, right? So what you, what you did not learn as a child becomes your problems as an adult. I'll give you some examples. One of the things that we learn, I, get, I got five. There could be a bunch more. Um, but one of the things you learn in your family is what do I do with my feelings? What do I do with my feelings? Uh, it's, a, it's a great skill. What do I do with this emotion that I have? Um, you know, in a family, you recognize because you're going to act inside that house ways differently than maybe you act outside. Um, you know, people get upset. Uh, you know, we... You're trying to help your kids, your family to identify their feelings, how to express things correctly or incorrectly, because so many people learned to stuff their feelings rather than to express them. So you might have said, why are you crying? What's wrong with you? Quit crying. You know, crying is a natural response that God has given to us. You know, what, what I'm trying to do is not to get my kid to shut up, I'm trying to help them learn how do they deal with their feelings in the family so that they can deal with it more effectively in a way to get out in the world. A little amen, that would help me, right? Huh. Right? You know what I'm talking about? You've got you to learn things inside that family that if you don't learn them there, where are you going to learn them? What, uh, you know, so we, we don't want to just cause our kids to kind of just stuff our feelings down. We've got we to gotta learn to talk about them. We've got to um, learn how to deal with those emotions. Are they harmful? Are they uh, meaningful? What's, what's the key there? We name them, and then we talk about them. So we're learning. Um, a second thing is um, learning how to deal with conflict. I meet lots of people that do not know how to deal with conflict. You know why that is? It's because they never saw it handled right, never saw it uh, lived out. you got to learn it there. A lot of times, Kim and I, you know, we would talk about things uh, with the kids. So they were part of them. Not every topic, but it, occasionally to help them to know that dad didn't always get his way. Sometimes mom got her way. A lot of times we found a compromise in the middle. You know, it's all right to get my way once in a while, right? I mean, it's, it's, not, that's not a, it's not wrong for me to say, yeah, let's do it her way. And it's not wrong to come. And then sometimes we said, whew, we can't solve this one right now. We need a little break. we got to pray. We, we'll come back to this one in a week or two. That's good conflict management also, right? Helping them to see how to, how to come. So we're, we're educating as we're going along because we're trying to cr help these children, these family members, to grow to be positive uh, in, invested adults as they grow up. Where else are they going to learn it? Um, how about loss? Loss. Uh, learning how to handle loss. 
Um, I mean, you're going to have a lot of losses. I mean, I think it's fantastic to play, uh, you know, to play baseball or to do those things. But, it, you know, if your kid has to win every time, oh, my goodness, what are you doing to them? You know, I meet parents that just cannot stand it, you know. Oh, my goodness, they can't believe they lost. You know, it's good for them to lose to learn at home how to deal with loss because when they get out in the real world, they're not going to win at everything. There are going to be difficulties, so we help them. Um, oh, pets. Pets. Now, I'm not your big pet guy, just by the way. Um, I'm tolerable, but I did. Sorry, it's the truth. Um, <laughs> but I did realize that pets were a really effective way of teaching my children about loss and about grieving. Because, um, you know, we, we had a funeral for Penny, for Noel, for Rocky. Like, we, we got a box, and we put them in the box, and we went out uh, on a friend's farm out there. We talked to him, and, and here we go out there. And we had our own little funeral. I mean, we stood there. He, he had dug the hole, and we had, to, you know, and I know this is, crazy, but, you know, we're all talking about Rocky and how much she meant to, uh, he meant to us, and, you know, we love that dog, and, you know, we're all crying, and, um, you know, in, in the box, and prayed a little prayer, and, you know, it, it, I want them to learn before it is so difficult over here with a person or a grandmother or somebody they really cared about. They love that dog so much, but it gives us a chance to... Are you with me right now? You understand what I'm talking about? See, we're working at building stronger families. We're putting into practice uh, things that we know that they're going to they're gonna need to learn, but you've got to be intentional. You've got to be... you got to have your mind on what you're trying to do. That's what I want you to hear from these guys, uh, having a little plan here. Not just... Not simply going to church, but how do we deal with all these things? I had a couple more. Um, how do we, uh, what values really, really matter? I mean, if, if, I, if I leave it up to the world to, the, to describe what values really matter, then it's going to be difficult. I don't want them the, following the world's values. You know, the world teaches that it matters, what matters most is how you look. That image is everything. That character uh, doesn't really matter. And that uh, the world teaches that uh, the more money you have, the more important you are, the more successful, the more fulfilled you will be. The world teaches, you know, if you look at the world's value, they think everything is about sex. Right? Commercials, every, everything you see, they try to make the, the, the values that we, the world is not about sex. That's an important topic for us to, to deal with with them. We have, we have purity events that we have here because we care about that. But, you know, every single commercial that you come across, everything that you see is about um, sexuality or what's best for me or materialism. You know, we, need to, we have to find ways to teach our kids the, what values that really matter. And then also good habits and manners. Um, you know, I, I meet people that have really terrible manners as adults. You meet any of them? You know some of them? Yep. I always think, man, your mama should have got on you, buddy. Because if she could see you now, she would get on you. No, man, I don't, I don't want my children 
to show up and, and not know how, how to deal with people. You know, I want them to learn manners. And so we do all that inside our house, right? So we are working hard to build a, uh, because we're, we're watering it. We're, we're, we're watering what's happening. We're helping them to learn and grow. All right. How, how do you do that? Now, I'll just give you a, a couple of quick examples here. Um, number one, how do you teach those things? How do they learn? Well, through example. Through example. Uh, here's Jesus. Jesus was teaching his disciples really incredible scripture in John 13. And he, the Bible says, since I have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. People learn best by example. Uh, you, you know, kids, you know, they see it in your life. They're going to live it out. I mean, I've had parents that would say, um, don't, don't, be, don't smoke cigarettes. They're really terrible, you know. But there they are smoking them. You know, what are they going to do? First chance they get out there, they're going to try that. Uh, you know, our example uh, makes such a, a critical difference, living that out, modeling what we want. That's what I'm talking about, working hard, fighting for your family, deciding how you're going to live your life so that you can model that. All right, how's class going for you? You all right? All right. Um, example, another way is through conversations. Critical conversations. I mean, if you're not having conversations at your house, couples with children, you know, we have conversations all the time, you know, about schedule and eating and homework and, and all that stuff. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, says to parents, you must teach God's commandments to your children and talk about them when you are at home or out for a walk or at bedtime or first thing in the morning. What's the Bible saying? Take those teachable moments that are there. I mean, there are some really difficult situations that happened in uh, pastoring and some of the people that my kids knew when they were, when they were younger, um, you know, they would hear about something that happened. They, there was this girl, she was in the youth group, and one of the boys in the youth group uh, gave her a date rape drug and uh, attacked her, and, and my kids heard about that. Well, I had the girls in the car, and so we're riding along, and I told Kim, I said, um, I'm going to talk to them about it. But it was really nice. It was dark. They couldn't see me, and I couldn't see them. And we're just, we're just talking, you know. Hey, I'm just being honest, man. It was a hard topic. But I asked them questions to see what they had heard. And, you know, they gave it to me. And then we were able to have an incredible conversation about uh, how a young woman uh, has to deal with things in the, in the world around her. Uh, I'll never forget that. I mean, we still, they still talk about how we talked about Monica and how Monica's story became such a key teachable moment uh, for my own girls. We, we talked about it in the open other times, but just getting in the door, talking about that. Teachable moment. That's what the Bible's talking about. Be thinking. Pay attention. How am I going to, you know, not just, you know, just wail on them about this. I'm going to get into that in just a second. I'm just talking about finding those teachable moments where I can teach them. Uh, you know, this stuff, I, you know, you know all this stuff. I'm just helping remind you about what you're up to when you're dealing with children and grandchildren in your life. How about some nots? Um, some ways not to do it is not through criticizing. Not through criticizing. Uh, criticism, you know, we, we think if, if we are critical of somebody, we will help them grow. That has never worked, right? It didn't work on you, did it? Nope. You know, we try things that didn't even work on us. 
You know, being more critical, nagging, condemning, criticizing, complaining doesn't work. It's totally ineffective in helping a person change. Because when you criticize, you're focusing on what you don't want rather than what you do want. So when you criticize a child or your wife or your husband or anybody, anybody, criticizing is labeling people. It reinforces the negative. It does not work. So why are you critical? Why are you so rough? Why are you so tough? You know, well, I don't want to... want to be tough. I want to make them tough. Uh, You know, criticism, uh, you know, when you say you never measure up, um, the kid goes, okay, I can never please them. I'll just show them how lazy I can be. I'll just show them how late I can be, how irresponsible I can be. It doesn't work judging, criticizing, demeaning. You know, it doesn't work in preaching either. You know, so many of you, you you walk out of here and you say, whoo, that was encouraging, pastor. Well, that's on purpose. I'm like, what good does it do to spend an hour talking about all the bad stuff that we do? <laughs> you know, we need that sometimes, but many times we want to be encouraged. That we already know the rotten stuff that we do, right? So what's the alternative? What's the choices that we have? So not criticizing. Um, yeah, I just want to, the verse says, Ephesians 6, 4, don't keep on scolding and nagging your children, making them angry and resentful. Instead, bring them up in the loving training and teaching of the Lord. Uh, not through comparing. Not through comparing. Uh, The Bible says each one should test their own actions. Then they will take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to others. Uh, So it's reminding us not that each of our children, each of us is made in a unique way. So reminding us that we're not just comparing them to other people around us. Uh, i got to move on here. Uh, Number three, building a strong family uh, by uh, lifting them up. And I had somebody bring me this, uh, this nice little raincoat. Now, you know, a raincoat, you really maybe need that today, but you needed some kind of little coat to keep you warm. Um, you know, a raincoat like this is uh, help to protect us, to watch over us. Um, you know, if, if you don't lift up the people at your house, who's going to do it? Like, who's going to be positive? Who's going to recognize those gifts and abilities that they have? I know you know all the bad stuff that they do, but quit! Lift them up! Tell them how, tell them how, my, my children, you know, when they know when some kind of birthday, some kind of event's coming along, dad's going to be talking, you know, and what I'm going to say, they're going to be like completely embarrassed because I'm going to tell all this happened, like what's going on the last year and how they've changed and decisions that they made and how much they're loved right there. You know, if I don't say that, who in the world is going to say that? They need somebody encouraging them and lifting them up, kind of putting a covering over them. You know, every one of us needs somebody to cover us, to cover us with prayer, to cover us with encouragement. I mean, I know you try to fix everybody by pointing out this and that. And, and you know, we have, to, we have to train, we have to discipline. But, you know, the rule is if you got one bad thing to say, say nine things uh, positive to the one, Right? You, you read all that kind of stuff? Lifting others up, um, making a difference in their life. What are we saying? We're talking about intentionally building a stronger family, a, a stronger environment there. One more. Uh, one more is, uh, well, let me read this verse. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. He's not just talking about physically falling. He's talking about being lifted up. He's talking about covering. I just want to ask you, 
Who, who's giving you covering? Who's giving you that prayer protection? Who's watching over you? Uh, you know, may, maybe you can't make it happen, but you can let people know in your life that you, you need that, and you can certainly provide that for others. If you're a parent in here, you're the covering. You know, pastor's not the praying covering. You know, your spouse, the person around you, lifting you up. Number four, build a stronger family by serving God and others. Serving God and others. We definitely heard that uh, as one of the key things from uh, the Relifords, and I'm uh, so happy about that, the difference that God is making uh, in their family. We serve God and we serve others, um, recognizing that God is the center. Uh, Hebrews 10.24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Uh, being an example, that's the kind of families that God wants us to have, to making intentional decisions. Are we going to serve God? Are we going to come to church? Are we going to let, you, did you hear what he said? He said, we have to be careful to make sure our schedule and even our sports don't interfere with church. You know what, there's a lot of people who have decided not to do that, that the sport is more important than being here. Uh, I'm not condemning you. I'm just telling you, you've got to intentionally think about what's the values that you're trying to build uh, in your family. Do you want a certain kind of family? What are you doing to accomplish that? Serving God, serving uh, others around us. Uh, Acts 10.2 has this uh, comment about Cornelius. Cornelius and his family, you know, there's a whole story about Peter and Cornelius, but notice this. It's talking about Cornelius, and it says, He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. They gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Wouldn't you like your legacy to show up in the Bible like that? <laughs> That's pretty awesome, recognizing the, the difference that was made and how this family decided who they were going to be. So we, we are building up our kids. We're making choices about uh, who we are and the families that we desire to have. Um, the, the Bible says, choose today. Choose today who you will serve. But as for me and my family, a lot of times we, we quote, as for me and my house. Well, it's not talking about your house, your physical house. It's talking about the family that you're a part of. Choose today who you'll serve. But as for me and my house, my family, we will serve the Lord. Uh, that, was, that was Joshua's words uh, to the people. You made a choice like that? Uh, I, was, I was learning some things this weekend and uh, doing some study on church planting and all this stuff that we're involved in at Southside. So I'm trying to learn, you know. And this guy said, as far as church planting, he says it's easier to have a baby than to raise the dead. I thought, hmm, I don't think I like that. So I had to think about it a little bit. Um, what he was saying was, it's easier to like start a new church than to raise up a dead church. That's what he was saying. But you know why I didn't like that? First of all, I, I love traditional, like, 90-year-old churches. <laughs> I love churches like that. But, you know, what I realized was that God is in the business of raising the dead. <laughs> was that baby from God this morning? Absolutely. Does God raise the dead? You know what I'm saying, right? Whatever's happening in your family, it's not too late. Choose today whom you serve. 
It's not too late. It's not too late to fix your situation. Not because of you, not because of what you've been through or what you did. God raises the dead. God takes something that we think cannot be solved, and God solves it. You know, the only thing that stops us is just my own stubborn brain, right? I just decided, well, it's already solved. It's never going to change. That person's going to do this, that, whatever. You know, but choose today whom you will serve. You're going to serve your own self. You're going to serve your own ways. You're going to serve how you think about things. Or will you choose to serve God in relationship to your family? You understand what I'm applying here? Recognizing that God raises up what we think can never be fixed. So don't walk out of here saying, well, man, I can't do what the pastor. No, you can't. You can't solve it, but you can work at it. You can have good intention, and then you can recognize that God will raise something up and help you to have the family that you wanted to have. He will help you. The Bible said earlier, remember, Nehemiah said, the God who is great and awesome, and remember to fight for your family, to reach out, to work hard for your family. Pretty good class today, right? Pretty good. All right, we're going we're gonna to think about families while we take communion. So all of you come, uh, help me serve. Um, what I want you to do is just to take these few minutes while you're sitting there and decide what you're going to do. Remember, I ask you, would you think about your role in helping your family? So teenagers, I was not just talking to your parents. I was talking to you. What could you do? to make your family better? What could any of us do, the choices that we make to make a difference? Not because I got all this education or I got it all figured out, but I have a God who raises the dead. And what we're celebrating is that God took Christ to the cross, died for us, and raised him from the dead. Please serve us. We're going to watch a video.
decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Sing it, thinking about your family. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Wait just for a moment. Stand together. Today, as we eat and drink, I want you to remember him, what he's done for you, the sacrifice that he made, that he was dead, buried, but raised from the dead. I want you to know it's not just not simply just a spiritual thing. He cares about your family. So whatever it is God has spoken to you about today, give him opportunity. Maybe you're standing in this room today and you never accepted Christ fully as your Savior. Maybe maybe you haven't really made that commitment to him. Oh, I'd really encourage you that. Trust him today. Invite him into your life, into your situation, into what you're dealing with. Welcome him. He gave his life just for you. But he also gave his life for those people that you live with and all the things that are happening around you in your life. As you commit yourself today to him through bread and juice, commit yourself to him on behalf of your family. One thing I noticed in the Bible happened in Acts 16. There was a jailer. And they heard these prisoners singing at night. And the prisoner, I mean, the, the jail, jailkeeper asked them, you know, how, how can I have that? How can I have that salvation? And Paul said, Except receive the Lord, repent and receive him, and you will be saved, you and your family. That's the kind of commitment that we're making. Let's fight for them. Let's, let's decide that we're going to work hard to build the family God wants us to be. Let's honor him by this piece of bread is representative of his body that was broken for you. He died for you. He gave his life for you. Eat this bread in remembrance that Jesus Christ gave his life for you. This juice is a reminder of the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that the blood saves us. The blood is like that covering. It covers over our sin. 
And then Jesus Christ, he prays for us. He lives in us. He provides his Holy Spirit in us. He was dead, but God raised him from the dead. So we drink this juice in remembrance that Jesus Christ gave his life for us. Could we drink together? Father, we pray that what is happening in this room today would not just be something we just kind of go our way and think it was another Sunday. Help us to build stronger families. Help us to have that foundation, that anchor that Julie mentioned. May our anchor be Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that you've made for us, the love that you have shown to us. And Lord, let that spirit of Christ in us and through our church, may it impact our families. May we be different. Help us today. Maybe uh, in, instead of just, just thinking about the Super Bowl, maybe we would think together about how we could build a stronger family or talk together about at lunch what you want us to do, how we could all be stronger together. And throughout this month, we pray that you would teach us and show us how to build stronger relationships in our life. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing for us. And I pray your blessings, your covering on every family. In Jesus' name, everybody said together. Amen. Amen. God bless you.